Hey guys, thanks very much for listening into the Game Changers experience. Today, I wanted to just highlight the fact that we are launching a brand new initiative for you guys. If you'd like to showcase your business and you'd like to get more impact in the world, you'd like to reach a different audience, we are Our podcast is in the top 2.5% in the global rankings. We have listeners from all over the world, from about 35 to 40 countries worldwide. It's absolutely epic. If you're interested in learning about how you can advertise and sponsor our show, please do me a favor and drop me an email. It's hello at adamstrong.net. It's hello at adamstrong.net. And the subject heading is sponsorship. And me and my team will be happy to uh, drop you a message with the details. Take care and enjoy. Enjoy this episode. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we have a fantastic session, which I'm really looking forward to today. Today is all about personal branding, but how we commercialize personal branding to the next level. I'm with a lady called Mary Henderson. Now, Mary is a specialist in the personal branding space. Uh, she actually comes from the IT background as well, which we'll talk about very shortly. And she has been helping coaches, consultants, and business owners effectively take her, their intellectual property or their big wow factor and their magic and digitalize, commercialize it, and monetize it and into many different ways and become a sought-after authority niche speaker, specialist, whatever it is that you want to be defined as in your industry. In, in less than 24 weeks, I, f- I forgot to mention that as well. Now, Mary's also the editor-in-chief in a magazine that she has created called Authority 5.0 Magazine. And, you know, she's got a, an array diversity of, of years of experience. So I'm really looking forward to today's great chat. And she's over in sunny Melbourne in Australia, which I'm really, <laughs> lo- which, 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 which is on the other side of the world compared to where I am right now. Now, for you guys that are listening in, now we've got listeners from all over the world. We've got, um, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the common struggles that a lot of you guys experience when building a business. We're going to be talking about a little bit about that. We're also going to be talking a little bit about personal branding in its entirety, especially in the way, you know, especially as kind of personal branding has evolved over the years. We're going to be talking about how you can effectively take that and then effectively bring it into your own business so you can kind of like upgrade what you're currently doing right now. But we're also going to talk a little bit about what Mary has created. She's created a nice a system effectively that she basically puts her clients through, which we are also going to be talking about. So without further ado, Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to this session. So I'm in your hands. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, listen, um, I know it's interesting because I, when I read your background, I mean, your background was in, you, you, you were in IT for like 15 years, if I remember rightly. Is that, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that must have been quite a, I suppose, a, a male dominated environment type of thing. I mean, how, 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 I mean, from that, I mean, you've got quite an interesting story. I'd, I'd like for you to be able to share 
your story about how you went from from I suppose that to to what you're currently doing right now and I mean you're you're in your element right now and I can tell even yes. when we were even before we got online you were like <laughs> like super pumped super excited and super energized but tell us all about that so um, I'll start off in my timeline. I think I'm going to start back at 2000 because that was the sliding door moment for me. Got and that it. was in the heart of my career. I was climbing the corporate ladder. Things were amazing. And um, so I, I, start, I really started in uh, the technology space and started to become, become noticed, I guess, as a brand in year 2000. I had this amazing opportunity, Adam, to work for a large, um, the largest IT dis uh, distribution company in the world, and um, so, and I got this amazing opportunity. My my boss said on my first day, Mary, there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is, is you have got this amazing opportunity of a lifetime, but the bad news is you have to fix this this major problem in 12 weeks. Otherwise, you're out. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, uh, no pressure. Thanks for telling me that in the interview, by the way. Um, but anyway, so I, um, so I go and have a meeting with the client, you know, and I was in sales, like hardcore sales. And, you know, IT sales is hardcore, right? It it's, is no, it's no walk in the park. And remember back in 2000, okay, so that was 22 years ago, a whole different ball game. And as you're right, 98%, I think it was back then, male-dominated. So here I go to this meeting with the largest retailer client in Australia. And so I'm in the meeting room. There's about 12 people in the meeting room. And they were basically ready to say, hey, we're just here to sort of read your exit strategy because we ain't going to deal with your company anymore. And so I'm talking to these people. No one's giving me anything. The main decision maker didn't even show up at that meeting. So I'm sitting with these 12 middle management people who can't make a decision. And I'm sitting there thinking, my career's over. Like literally, it's over. The decision maker's not here. I've got these 12 people who actually don't know what to do with me. So I leave. I get into the lift. I was wearing red snakeskin boots. Would you believe it? And so, but I felt so good in them, Adam. I haven't got them anymore, but they were absolutely hot. And so I walked into the lift and there's a woman in there. And she's checking me out up and down, up and down. And she's like, I've got to have those red snake skin boots. And I looked at her and I said, is your name such and such? Were you supposed to be in my meeting? She goes, well, we're not actually going to be working with your organisation anymore. So you can take your red boots basically and get out of the building. And I'm like, no, 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 you haven't met me. You don't know me. I'm new. She goes, well, there's been three new people prior to you and no one could get it right. I said, I can get it right. So I said, just let me buy your lunch. Coffee, five minutes. I know I can solve this problem. Anyway, so she's like, okay, okay. And so we got downstairs. We had a coffee. And she goes, do you tell me, do you, do you believe you can fix it? I said, I do. I'm a complex problem solver. I think in zeros and ones. I'm mathematical. I know I can solve it. And, she's, and she said, well, what do you need? I said, I need 12 weeks, you know, to sit in your office with your operations team so I can sort this problem out. I can't sort it out on our end. I need to be immersed with your people. I need to understand the system. I'll reverse engineer it. Anyway, so I left that meeting, Adam, and that was the sliding door moment. It wasn't what her and I discussed because she actually gave me the 12 weeks. I solved the problem. I turned that business around from a declining $8 million to $22 million in 18 months. It was extraordinary and double-digit uh, margins in IT doesn't exist. So I was a rock star. And, but I, I left that meeting I was crossing the road and I just paused. It was like the whole world just stopped for me. And I realized in that moment, two things. One, 
if I solve this problem, I'm going to command my demand in this industry. I will be known as a problem solver and I'm going to create an entire brand around myself. That was back in 2000. Number two, I realized that my brand signature from that moment onward was going to be my shoes. That that was going to be my brand signature. I turned that whole business around and then uh, 22, 24, well, not even, so 20 months later, 20, yeah, just less than two years later, um, I got a knock on the door from a major IT uh, vendor in the US and they said, we want to talk to you. So I sat in the at the Western Hotel in Melbourne for three hours with the president of the company and um, I just negotiated my way through actually presenting myself as a brand and how I could solve their problem. Love it. And so Love I didn't it. show up as a, as a resume. I, I showed up as a business. I created my brand as a business and therefore I could command what I wanted and I did. And that was the start of my my, uh, journey, if you will, of personal branding. And in that next job, I had a major sales team. I threw all the business, uh, sorry, the job descriptions out of the window and I turned my entire team into a personal brand. And then from there, 2005, I started my own software company. And then 2012, I had a major crisis. And I went on a 12-month sabbatical to find out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life because the software company that I built for seven years was not my purpose. I knew that very well, you know, like really clearly. And um, in 2012 to 2015, 2012, all of 2012, I had the most amazing mentors. One in particular was a professor in philosophy from Oxford University, actually. And um, I spent 12 months with him and he would be the person that would change the trajectory of the rest of my life. And it took me three years to design my system, my frameworks, the software that I use in my in my business. And in 2005, I launched my coaching program, which essentially is the love of my life. So here I am today with you. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, there was a lot of uh, I picked up a lot of relevance, actually, from what we're going to be talking about today. And and that I think that's really set the scene, really, um, which which. So thanks very much for sharing that with us. Um I want to kind of like delve in now because um, there's a lot of things that I picked up from your conversation that you just said, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, and, and kind of, you know, from personal experience, you know, you'll get uh, prospects or clients that are come to you before they actually work with you. Right. And they go through what I call struggles, whatever those struggles may be, but what do you find are the most common struggles for typically the clients that you're working with that you see time and time again, you might see like this regular pattern and you think, yeah. Oh, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And it's kind of, what do you find that those are, what, what are the most common struggles? Let's have a chat about that. I, I, a lot of people that come to me, they don't actually realize that their professional and their personal experience is a currency. That's the very first thing. So what do people tend to do, Adam? And I think this is because of the whole digital marketing industry. You know, people believe they have to find a niche and then service that niche. So to me, that's really doesn't make sense. So the people that I typically work with, they've already accumulated 20, 30,000 hours 
of accumulated knowledge, wisdom, and skill set. But the thing is that people don't, don't see value in that, Adam. They just think, oh, that's just my experience, my work experience. You know, that's my professional and my personal experience. But it's like, I didn't really know what to do. And, I, and, and so that's where I come in and I say, no, that's the inventory that I'm looking for because I don't know what problem you can solve until I actually can see that inventory literally on an Excel spreadsheet and I need to organize that information. Then I'll tell you what problem you can solve and that problem will then be able to support an, a, 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 a client base, which they already know who the client is. They already know. And so, so that's typically the problem that people uh, that come to me. But the other thing is that a lot of people feel that they need to get a sale before they actually create their structure and their system. And as you know, that's a complete dead end. That does not work. So if you're going to do lead generation first, just to get the one sale for whatever reason, that is uh, that to me is a hobby. Like that's a mindset of somebody that's running a hobby, not a real business. If you're running a real business, you know, sure, you've got to reverse engineer, you know, the problem that you can solve. And then all of the assets need to support that. But that's typically the problem that I get when people come to me. How do you get around? Uh, so let me give an example. If say, for example, you have a client that came to you and they had, I don't know, 20 years experience in IT as an example, right? And and the and the problem with and the problem with that is that that they, they, they want to make this transition and they want to make a transition into, you know, being an entrepreneur, running your own business, all of that kind of stuff. But they realize that actually, do you know what? IT isn't something that that fulfills their cup or it's not really their purpose. They want to do something a little bit different. How do you then translate, how do you then take their years of experience and then box it up and kind of commercialize it, even though they don't really want to do it? I mean, is it a matter of then convincing them that actually that's probably the better idea? What is, what is your take on this? No, because I don't believe that you can you, you, you convincing someone to leave their comfort zone is actually the right thing to do. I think you have to have a real, real deep desire and a mission. And, and, and so the people that I, I would say, let, let me just backtrack. When you look at personal branding from through my eyes, <clears throat> those people typically are driven by mission and legacy. Okay, so that's the driver. Yep. So unless that is your driver, you ain't going anywhere, okay, because you want the comfort zone. You're not prepared to take the risk. You're not even prepared to put yourself out there on social media, which is required. And so um, so if they're not driven by those two elements, and I ask that, I'm very clear about that, because it makes a massive difference when people are driven by mission and legacy versus I'm driven by the money. If you're driven by the money, it will end up in a dead end. Because the key is, Adam, you have to embody everything that you've become to this point. It has to become a part of your DNA. So when you show up in the world as this business entity, you've embodied all of your professional experience, your personal experience, your philosophies, your belief systems, your past, your story, everything is, is a part of that mission. And so, um, yeah, so I, you, I don't think you can convince. However, you if somebody says, yes, that's the path I want to go down, but I'm not ready to leave my corporate job. That's awesome. And I work with a lot of those people where I say, amazing, because what we're going to do is we're going to design your contingency plan so that you've got an exit strategy. But don't leave until you're you're 100% ready to move. 
And, and that typically takes around six months to 12 months before they transition out of their corporate job. But it's such a beautiful transition because everything's in place. They feel confident. They've got all of the moving parts in place and there's no kind of panic attack. And I think that's very important. Yeah, very cool. Now, interestingly enough, and no, I, now I've been an entrepreneur for almost 30 years and I've, I've seen every, I've seen a lot of things like yourself, right? I've seen a lot of things that have yeah. gone wrong and a lot of things that's been uh, not done right but one of the things that i find as one of the most common i I don't know if it's a a common mistake but i find is a a common pattern with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs is that they go off and they do a particular task like let me give an example mary right so you know you'll get those people out on linkedin or on social media saying hey i've written my first book and they go all in with their first book right mary it's like Oh, or they, or, or they, or they're, or they're oh. launching a podcast or whatever it is, and yet they they forget about everything else that's around them or whatever it might be. Um, what what is your opinion about this strategy? Does it work? Does it not work? And and you know, for those people that have kind of like, you know, I suppose put all their eggs in one basket, have you got any advice for those people? Uh, I think that if you're going to start a podcast and and or a book and it's in context with how your audience wants to consume your content, amazing, okay? That is going to work splendidly well. Let's just look at the author situation for a moment. A lot of people are self-publishing their books. Honestly, I couldn't think of more of a waste of a time than self-publishing. <laughs> I'm just, just being, that's my opinion. If, if a publisher knocks on my door and says, hey, we'll pay you a million dollars, write your book, you've got my attention. But for me to self-publish, just to validate my self-worth and stroke my ego, I, I don't need that. I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Now, the podcast, though, I think that's a really, really, uh, that's an asset. I see a podcast as an asset. So my magazine, Authority 5.0, you know, started off as an idea. It's now become a full production magazine, but I interview all of the people that I feature on my front cover and that becomes my podcast as well. Okay. I'm just leveraging my content. You know, it gets really awesome downloads. I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting my podcast, but the the content is in context with how that target audience wants to consume the content. That's, I just, I'm a pragmatic person. So you're going to get common sense from me. You're not going to get any ego stroking because I don't need that. And I think that anyone that's in that, in that mindset, it's very dangerous in this digital economy to think like that. I agree. hundred percent agree. So let's talk about, let's, let's, let's go about personal branding because I, I think I've probably come across about a million personal branding experts yes. they, they, and they all say the same thing. And, 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 and honestly, I really kind of, I'm looking, I am seeking me personally, I am seeking some, a different angle of what personal branding yeah. for me. So here's the thing, like when we talk about, uh, and, and interesting, cause I, I love clubhouse. So I don't know if you've had the opportunity to dive in and, yeah you know, I, I like getting on clubhouse and listening to certain experts. And I don't know, from my perspective, I find that like the best groups and the best rooms and stuff like that, it, I, I've kind of, you kind of have to find your tribe. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes. you know, you yes. find your tribe of people, whatever it might be. And from your perspective, especially as we've moved over the, lo- the last couple of years have been really interesting, obviously, because working from home and, you know, and all the, all of the, I suppose the whole kind of digital space has really transformed. Like we've moved into kind of what I call from the information age into what I call the digital age now where, you know, a lot more people want flexible working and 
They want to be able to have, they want to be able to earn passive income while they sleep and things like that. From a personal branding perspective, how do you think, um, from your perspective, how do you think that personal brain branding has been ever more important over the last couple of years? And how was, and for, for people that are, are kind of thinking about building up their brand and where is it that they need to start? Because they might be kind of dabbling in here or dabbling a little bit here, but not really had much of a structure. Um, so I suppose there's a two-ending question there. Uh, what's yeah. your thoughts? I'll, I'll explain it to you from my standpoint. The first thing I want to say about personal branding, and, and this is really critical, if your personal brand cannot be commercialized, you've wasted your time, okay? Because a color palette, you know, a logo and a beautiful website is not, doesn't mean it's going to convert to an, a $1 million business. So my whole stance on personal branding is all about commercialization of that human being that's showing up as the business, okay? So that's in a nutshell what it means. Number two, you and I, Adam, cannot build our personal brand. We actually cannot do that. What we can do is define our brand essence, but our clients and prospects and fans and followers, they build our personal brand, okay? So that's that's a very important distinction to make, nice. very, nice. very important. The third thing is that when we're looking at our personal brand, think of it like building a foundation before you build your home. So there are critical attributes that have to be unpacked under the banner of personal branding. And it's, they're the same attributes as a corporate brand. What is the difference? The driver's the difference. So a personal brand is 100% driven by mission and legacy. If you're not driven by mission and legacy, you ain't going to build a personal brand. You're just running a get-rich-quick scheme. And until you get, get make as much as you want, then on your, you're on your next project. And, and um, a corporate brand is driven by a story. So there's no Apple corporation without the Apple story. There's no Microsoft without the Microsoft story. That's the vast difference between the two brands. Now, here's the interesting thing. When you're building that foundation, okay, and you've defined your brand essence, the truth of your brand, we call that the brand truth, what that means is that now you have an opportunity to be consistent and congruent. So what does that mean in the digital world? It means that you're believable and you're trustable. Very important keywords. And so when you're believable and you're trustable, what's the next, what happens? What's the effect of that? You're then pulling people into your ecosystem. You're not pushing. So where do people go wrong with their personal brand, Adam? They're pushing, pushing. And this is whole desperation. One, because they're not on mission. Two, they're not interested in really leaving a legacy. Three, they actually don't know what their brand stands for. They can't even articulate in 10 seconds what they do, who they serve, what they promise. And so what happens is a massive disconnect. They're inconsistent. They're incongruent with their solution, uh, with their uh, social media uh, content. There's all these gaps. And so what does that do to the target audience? It creates confusion. So I would say that 80 to 90% of people fit in that category and they don't and they and they blame the algorithm. It's all the algorithm's fault. It's everyone else's fault except looking in myself and understanding that if you want to get this right, you need to do it in that order. The branding has to form the foundation and then everything else falls uh, under that. Do you think that from your perspective, 
um, where we talk about the uh, branding aspect, because I know, and here's, again, maybe this is something that, you know, being in business, you've got some good, you'll have some good, uh, an opinion about this. I find that when someone focuses on their personal brand, which is, which is great, you know, and I think it's important because it, it builds trust with the audience. It, it positions you as a leader, a thought leader, et cetera. But do you find that when someone focuses too much on their personal brand, everything else is kind of neglected? I, let me give an example. I remember, I remember working with a, or came across a, I suppose, a prospect. I'm going to call them a prospect for the time being. And they, they focus too much on their personal brand for about six months. Obviously, it takes a long time to, to you know, to get some momentum and get some clarity because it's what you're talking about. It's clarity, right? Yeah. But what they didn't do is they didn't also focus on the other areas of the business, such as marketing, such as, you know, like social reach, identity and things like that. Do you find that? those things are also as important as well as building a brand. Like if you was, if, 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 if the client, if the question is, okay, Mary, I want to build my personal brand or I want to, I want to create an identity, etc. What is it that I should do? Should I just go all in and, and focus on that, get more clarity so that I can then monetize it? Or should I try to get some sort of balance between the sales and the marketing aspects of the business? Well, the thing is that the personal brand alone doesn't have enough currency on its own. It's just a visual identity of how the outside world perceives you. That's basically yeah. all it can do. Nice. Um, nice. You know, if I give you a, a, a branding guideline with all my colours, my logos, my visual identities, what, what does that do for you? It does nothing. Okay, it's just how I want you to see me and understand me and perceive me. So if I look at the personal branding as number one, then I'm going to have to go to number two. And I, and I would say, well, Adam, you know, what is the problem that you can solve? Okay, well, here is, here is your inventory. Based on that, I actually think this is the problem that you can, you can sh uh, solve without a shadow of a doubt with ease and grace. Very, two very important words. And we're going to convert that into a solution because once you've got that solution in place and you understand how to articulate the problem that you can solve, now we've got an opportunity to create amazing language around that, messaging around that. It makes it really easy to sell because then you're not selling. You're actually speaking with conviction when yep. you're speaking to a prospect. Then the third part, and this is important, Adam, this third part is the part that most people don't understand. When you're creating your digital assets that are public facing, be it website, your lead magnet, sales funnel, whatever, okay, for me, the goal of all of that is to provide anyone that lands on my public facing content to provide them an ecstatic Mary Henderson brand experience. That's my only goal. I have no other goal. You can download all of my lead magnets, watch all my masterclasses, knock yourself out, but I'm going to give you the most amazing experience that you will never forget. And I know I do because people go on LinkedIn and they post and say, oh, my God, I just had the most amazing strategy call with Mary Henderson. They, they're never going to buy from me, but they told five other people about me. Okay, that's the part that, that most people have no concept how to do that. Now, the fourth part, this is where the effect of the cause, those three parts comes into effect. It's the layered lead generation strategy, okay? We don't even have to do paid ads to actually be seen and heard and actually build a six and seven figure business all organically. But you can't just rely on one platform or one type of solution. You have to actually, when you talk about marketing, 
okay, well, where do your where does your audience hang out, and how are we going to how are we going to start a conversation with that person? How do they want to consume the content that you're creating? How, what 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 nano problems do they have right now that you can start a conversation about? No one's doing that. People are on LinkedIn, and I'll tell you what they're doing on LinkedIn. Hi, my name's John Smith. My friend Mary just dared me to do my first post. So here I am doing my first video. Uh, drop a hello below, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. And oh, this is my dog, Benny. Hi, Benny. Say hello, Benny. And I'm thinking, I don't want to know about Benny. And quite frankly, I really don't care about the fact that this is your first video. You've just entered a brand crisis. That's the problem. You know, it's interesting, right? One of the things that really drives me insane about uh, like platforms like LinkedIn is DMs. Do you think that also, you know, you know I, I, oh. I, I, I can't, I've lost count how many DMs I get on a daily basis. Me but too. I, but I, I tell you, do you think that, that, I mean, okay, interestingly enough, do you think that actually damages your brand? Absolutely. I mean, okay, let me give you an example. If somebody sends me a DM and says, Hey Mary, um, I you know my company specialises in personal branding, and we can create a website for you and a logo. Um, would you you know would you be open to having a conversation? My response: Have you actually bothered to check out my profile? Because I think that if you're selling personal brand, really you should be selling brand crisis, how to fix a brand crisis. So. Of course, it damages your your brand. If you're actually not going to actually start a human conversation with me, then you've just wasted an opportunity. But how many opportunities are you wasting? Because it's all automated, which is ridiculous. Yeah, very true, really true. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a bit of a rank going on, ladies and gents. But I just kind sorry, of wanted, yeah. to get, wanted to get, we wanted to just get that off our chest. It was kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, what I was going to say, tell us, because I know that you've now, um, what I was going to say, you, you've, commer not commercialized, you've, I suppose, created a system that yes. you put your clients through. I mean, uh, with, I suppose you've really got to get visual, visual uh, guys, if, if you're, if we're going to talk about uh, Mary's uh, system and such like that. But talk us a little bit about through, um, about how, you know, what, what is, what is the system look like? And, and okay, so saying um business owner entrepreneur struggling finding clarity and things like that let's start from the beginning and then work around uh and how that works and things like that tell us a little bit about that we um developed a uh, a SaaS system specifically for the personal branding component because that's how important it is in 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 a human being's life as a business owner um and we call that um that platform authority and um, hence Authority Magazine, but it's it's a it's a SaaS platform and essentially has a series of applications in there, and they're all the branding attributes that we unpack out of a human. Because I'm interested in working with real, truthful data rather than people telling me, "Oh, I want to look like I want to be like Tony Robbins and I want to be like this person." I'm not interested in that. I just want to know who you are in your natural state. So when I've got data, then I've got a solid foundation to work from. And it means that I'm working with someone in their authentic state of being. That's it. It's all I'm interested in. Anything else outside of that is not welcome. So we start off with that foundation and then we take them through the whole journey. So everything is modulated. Every step of the way has a framework, which essentially is the how-to. So none of my clients are trying to figure out how to do something. Everything's been figured out how to. They're just um, customizing, if you like, 
the the messaging and the language and you know the type of you know the, all of their branding elements um how they want the outside world to perceive and the, the the brand story all of the moving parts related to the branding you know is all done in that first part of the system which there's six major steps in that part of the process the next part of the process is the systemization so this is where we we I always spend three hours with a new client and what I call the onboarding call, but it's really me unpacking their internal inventory and making sense of that data. That's the biggest pain point of 99.99% of the people I work with, but that's my genius zone. You know, I can organize data. I don't know how I do it. I just take the inventory and then I can just organize it, create a program, but it's not just a program. I'm also building a system for them as well. So Everything that I'm doing is a mirror for them as well. So it's a system that can become an online program or they can deliver that as a workshop, you know, day training, one-on-one -on -one coaching. It doesn't matter. that The system never changes. How they deliver it changes. Um, so we look at the system. We look at the model, the pricing, uh, all of the digital assets, website, online program, all of those moving parts. And then we move to the digitalization part, which is looking at, okay, we've got to digitize your look and your, your presence, which is obviously the website. There's a lot of things that, uh, that are required on the website, all the visuals, the visual identity in the personal branding part. There's all the logos, the design elements, which are really, really critical. And then we look at um, the final part is all about um, the lead generation, the layered lead generation and the sales strategy, because I can't help my clients create a sales strategy without understanding what their solution actually looks like as a system because right. both of those yeah. things are beautifully aligned. And the layered lead generation strategy also feeds off the system as well. So the system plays a very important role. So then when we move to layered lead generation strategy, there's a whole strategy um, for uh, Facebook, you know, uh, podcasts, summits, LinkedIn, obviously, referral partners. There's just so many different layers that we go down that. We, we go down this very deep path, but we but that then converts into their launch plan. So everything then gets converted into a launch plan and they have to stick to it because when you stick to a launch plan, as you know, Adam, you know, you get results. And, and especially in organic. So it does mean that if you want to become seen and heard as the go-to person, you have to put effort into it. Nothing's going to happen overnight. It never has happened overnight. It requires tenacity. It requires courage. It requires commitment. So they're all the moving, critical moving parts that we would go through. Love it. Very good. Now, I wanted to, uh, as something kind of like hit me as, as, I, as you were talking yeah. and stuff. And in, in, I want to go back to the branding side of stuff because I know that I noticed with you in particular, especially on your LinkedIn profile, in particular in your website, you use a lot of testimonials and a lot of social proof. Is that also yes. part of personal branding? Yes, and I do that for a purpose, um, Adam, because when I speak to prospects, I used to get bombarded, well, not me, my clients used to get bombarded with people calling them and saying, oh, can, you, can I just talk to you about what it's like to work with Mary? So I have them everywhere. And I also do um, case studies, with my clients and we go through the whole process together so that it, like the other day someone said oh can I speak to one of your prospects and I said if you go to my website there's about eight case studies you listen to those case studies you're going to understand what they go through because they just get bombarded and I had to do that and that's the right thing to do but for me testimonials 
is um, it's not even social proof. It's just for me to be, I, I'm, my mission is to serve as many individuals to make them see that they actually are sitting on a gold mine. Like their knowledge and wisdom is the true currency. It's just there's dollars, there's gold, there's silver, but your knowledge, wisdom and skills is another form of currency. That is my mission. So for me, having testimonials and getting people to go through my system that have got results, that just proves to you when you come to my website, you know what, this is, if they, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's really my purpose. You know, there was, um, I, I wanted to quickly share something with you because a lot of our clients are very uh, similar clients to, uh, to yourself where they've got a lot of experience. They're yes. very, very good at what they do. Uh -huh. um, they actually don't struggle with business. They're actually extremely successful. Um, but the problem is, is that they're generally normally one or a very small amount of one or two people type of thing. I find that they're what I call oversubscribed, you know, so generally, uh, um, uh, generally they've got waiting lists for maybe weeks, if not months. Um, yeah. How do you, from your perspective, and now this is a, this is a really interesting question. How do you, how do you, from your, that, that, so, so from there, they want to then kind of transition. They want to, I suppose, t take their, take their success and then turn it into what I call like a real successful, you know, business where they can kind of come out of it operationally because they're generally, I find that yes. most of these people are a slave to their business. They've created a J-O-B. Um, <laughs> um, exactly. And, but what, from your perspective, what advice would you give to those people to double down on what they've already got in terms of success, but being able to then transition out of that J-O-B type of mindset or business owner mindset into kind of something which is kind of more liberating? Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think that, you know, the way that I see that is that we have to, um, we have to transition from a worker mindset to a master mindset. And really, there's, they're two very different, uh, you know, um, they're, they're two different positions that you would take on as a business owner or entrepreneur. And, and they are, and, and even the, the value around how you show up is also different. You know, I see myself as a master of my craft because my 40,000 hours back that, so does my system, so does my software. And when I started getting bombarded, I raised my prices exponentially, like really, really high. And what happened is that all the tie kickers left and all the people that I wanted to work with came. But it meant I had less people. I made a lot more money, but I'm actually working with people who also are masters. They just need the whole back end done and the front end. They don't know how to do that. But also, you know, I run boot camps as well, where it's all about a group, you know, getting groups together. So these two models that I've established is exactly the same model that I talk, you know, that I share with my clients. So how do you become a master? Well, let's look at the gold mine that you're actually sitting on. What problem can you solve in an organization or somebody's life? And what does that model then look like that actually frees you from the day to day, but positions you as a master? Because in today's digital economy, that's 
where the currency lies. It's in mastery. The corporations like the, 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 the big blue chips, they're going to be engaging the masters, the specialists. They're not going to be engaging the consultant that just they left their middle management you know, job and walking in at $100 an hour. They're looking at serious, most of my clients sell their solution for $50,000, $100,000. Like we're not talking, you know, $100 an hour type of a scenario. That's where we're heading. That's the new coach consultant. It's all about mastery. So that would be my advice. Love it. Very cool. That's a, that's a, that's a sound advice. Um, we're just coming towards the end of uh, today's conversation. Um, what are your, I suppose, what are your, what are your final thoughts with regards to um, any sort of quick tips and advice for people that are kind of maybe dabbling in this space of personal branding Um they're convinced you're convinced guys that that this is a good idea what would kind of be your i suppose five quick tips about where to start and and how to how to kind of double down on, on this the first thing i want to say adam before i do the five tips is that when you're looking at this pathway of you know uh merging your knowledge wisdom and skills into a type of a, an offer a solution or a business i want people to understand that when I call, I call that a currency because it never depreciates and it's always with you. Okay, that's the first thing I want people to understand. The second thing I want to say is that if you want to future-proof your career, no matter what is the next pandemic or whatever UFO is about to land and take over the world, you're always going to you're always going to future-proof your career. I'm actually serious about this. When COVID hit in 2020, Adam, my business 10x, like literally overnight. So what I'm saying is that look at your inner self as, as currency. Understand you are sitting on a gold mine and there are companies and individuals who actually want what you've got. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that your clients, my clients buy my wisdom. Your clients buy your wisdom, Adam. They don't care about my frameworks and all that sort of stuff. That's all there as a backup, okay? But they actually want my wisdom. They're paying 100% for my wisdom. So, And we've all got that. All your listeners have that already. The third thing is that if you are serious about going down this path of commercialising your personal brand, it means it's a commitment of to walk through it the right way. The branding is just the foundation. It's then the building of all the assets that actually matters because when you look at it from that standpoint and coming from a software background, naturally, I'm interested in only building assets. I can sell my business tomorrow without Mary. How cool is that? Do you see? And the model that I've created is so scalable. It's ridiculous. My accountant just cannot believe my business model because when you do it right, and hence why it's taken me so long to build my system, when it's done that way, it's tried and tested and it works, you have to think like a business owner, not like a hustler or a hobby, because they're two different minds, three different mindsets completely. And I want to work with business owners because they're they know they have to invest time and money, you know, and it's a long-term gain. It's not an overnight, it's not an overnight sex. But when you own your own internal inventory and your assets, you're going to be in a very good position. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, listen, guys, hope that you've enjoyed today's conversations with myself and Mary. We've gone through a lot of great content. Now, if you haven't already done so when you were listening to this, either in the gym or in the car or whatever it is, my recommendation is to go back and listen to this. But this time, make sure you've got a notebook and pen handy because there were <laughs> a lot of golden nuggets in, in today's conversation. There really was. Mary, I just want to say thanks very much for being on today's show. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Adam. Um, Thank you so much. And for you guys that are lit, uh, uh, for you guys that are interested in connecting with Mary, please do connect with her on the links below. You can do that, and uh, make sure that you connect with her. And if you do reach out to her, just mention the Game Changers Experience podcast, as she can put two and two together, and, and I'm sure that she'll be more than happy to engage with you guys. So, uh, without further ado, thanks very much to Mary and from me. Hope you've enjoyed today's show, and we'll see you again on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care, guys, and see you soon. Cheers. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Game Changers Experience. I would be gratefully appreciated if you could leave a good or a bad review. It doesn't matter, one or a five-star review, whichever you prefer, on any of the platforms, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify, Podchaser, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care, see you soon, etc. And please leave a testimonial or review about our podcast. And if you have enjoyed our podcast, then I look forward to seeing you on the next Game Changers Experience. Take care, see you soon.